boy DM3. You're listening to the Buffalo Blitz Podcast, exclusively on the Built in Buffalo Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Buffalo Blitz Podcast, hosted by Peter DiBiase, right here on the Built in Buffalo Network. Guys, welcome back to another Friday edition of the Buffalo Blitz Podcast. I appreciate you guys clicking on the link on YouTube, going to Apple Podcasts, or going to Spotify. Make sure you guys check us out on Twitter and Instagram, Built in Buffalo, always posting consistent content. And if you missed last week's episode with the co-founder of Built in Buffalo, Dave Myers, you can check that out on the podcast network, wherever you get your podcasts, but mainly Apple Podcasts, mainly Spotify, and then as well as YouTube. Today, guys, we are joined by Brian Van Slyke, who's a member of the Built-in Buffalo family, as well as the host of the show Breaking Tables that airs Monday and Thursdays at 7.30 on the Built-in Buffalo Network. Brian, thank you for coming on. My man, dude. Thank you for having me. I'm surprised that you were, uh, I was a lot, first of all, I'm surprised after you were our guest a couple weeks ago that we're even still friends. That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed your episode, Brian, for everyone that doesn't know, and most people should know, because your show is hilarious. It's awesome. It's a great hour. Listen, just to just to enjoy and listen to some Bill's content. That's not strictly XSLs, which I love. Just make just tell us, tell everybody what about your show and like exactly where we can find you. Man, I appreciate that. Um, yeah, it's very laid back. I, I tell everybody that we we have different guests every single week. Uh, we spotlight a lot of like Bill's backers. It's kind of really more fan uh, oriented. So, you know, we, uh, if, you're, if you're a fan, we love to hear stories, you know, because everybody, you can go to ESPN, you can look at Google and look at all these X's and O's. Well, not everybody can, you know, talk to that fandom and figure out things. So we kind of spotlight that uh, and we're just very relaxed, laid back. And uh, and I'm also really lazy. I don't want to do all the research like, you know, Peter does, who just, it's, it's brilliant, but I'm sure it takes up somewhat of your time, right? No, yeah, 100%. This, I have a draft board. That I do every year, and I I think I would say I have roughly two hundred to two hundred and fifty prospects on this draft board. It probably has taken me a month, and I enjoy it, and I love I love doing it. But I have friends, family, people are like you're crazy because this is, takes a ton of work, and I enjoy it. And I totally get the other side of it that doesn't want to talk about the X's and O's or talk about the draft. It's like whoever we draft. You do a little Google research. You go on YouTube. You watch the ten minute highlight video. And no, no, we we watch we watch Peter. Perfect. We watch your show, bro. Or we listen to your show. That's what I we appreciate. Do. It. I appreciate, it. Brian. We're bringing you on the other side. We're not. This is a, we're going to the X's and O's, which are maybe taking you out of your element. I don't know, but we always you took me out of my element when I went on your show. That, <laughs> to be completely honest, that was com- the total opposite of what, and I loved it, and I had a blast. But that was. And I knew coming in because I watched the show what it was going to be. But until you actually get on the show, it's a different experience. But it's something Thank I've you. never experienced before. And I had fun. So, guys, you guys should check it out. And I think it's, it's an awesome and it's awesome experience. for. And it's an hour. It's not taking up t- three hours of your day. It's just a nice, quick hour. And I enjoy it. You're too kind, Peter. And uh, just for the, uh, the the listeners out there uh, listening to this show, I, I put my hat the other way this time uh, because it's no longer a party. This is business. This is draft is coming up, Peter. <laughs> oh, I, I'm I'm stoked, bro. I, I'm stoked to to kind of get out of my element, like you said. Let's see what uh, 
what uh, Brian and Brig Tables can do. <laughs> no, yeah, and draft April 28th. So that's obviously coming up, and the Bills have a lot of, not a lot of work to do, but obviously they're going to have a full slate of draft picks. And we're going to, for tonight's episode, and the reason you guys obviously clicked on tonight's episode, um, we're going to strictly focus on the offensive side of the prospects. Next week, we'll focus on the defensive side of the prospects for the the Bills could be interested. We're mainly focused on we're going to skip the quarterback because we have Josh Allen, and that's awesome, and we don't need to talk about the quarterback, which is a good thing if you're a Bills fan. Running backs, wide receivers, and eh, we could sprinkle tight ends once in a while. It eh, doesn't really matter. A little off- offensive tackle interior line, but we're going to start with the running back. I'm going to start with you, Brian, because I always like to start my guests talking first, just how I do, how I do it. Thank you, sir. Running yeah. back. What is what is your thought on before we get into the prospects? Bills taking a running back this year, and if you the Bills decided to take a running back, what would be like the specific round you would like it, or the the general round? You know, we 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 have a really good problem to have as an NFL team. Uh, we don't really have a lot of glaring weaknesses on that offensive side. If you think about it, look what we brought in on the offside offseason in terms of the offensive line with Saffold. Um, so we we don't really have any huge huge glaring weaknesses. Per se. I mean, you know, we could arguably say, you know, well, running back, Singletary could be better. He could be, you know, some, somebody better that uh, that's in tune to the system that we're going to be doing. Uh, Dable was one way, and I think Dorsey's going to be another way. So uh, to answer your question, uh, you got definitely got to stick with that offensive side, right? Wouldn't, I mean, wouldn't you agree with that? I just... We, if we, yeah. if we're, we have the highest point differential uh, of, of any team last year, uh, and that kind of dictated our season. No, exactly. And, like, when you focus on the running backs, like, and this is what Dable did. So, we don't – and the cool thing with the Bills, we we know what Ken Dorsey is, but we don't know what he is as like a play call. We don't know what the scheme he's running. I'm assuming it's something similar to Dable because he was also the QB's coach and the passing coordinator, uh, Ken Dorsey. So, he – obviously likes to pass the ball. And I think if the Bills wanted to go in the direction of running back, and I'm a completely, completely, completely against them taking a running back in the first round. I don't even have a running back that I've graded as a first round. That's just my opinion. I think the Bills would, I don't know if you agree on this, Brian, would benefit for a third down running back out of the backfield that it's like a pass catching ability. You have Singletary for first and second down, and then we give Josh Allen a young third down running back. They brought in Duke Johnson, obviously, for that ability, but it's a one-year stopgap, and Duke Johnson shouldn't stop the Bills from taking a running back that they like. And I don't know, what are your thoughts on taking a third-down running back? 100%. Not in, you know, obviously round one. No. Speaking of the glaring weaknesses, there's a lot of other glaring weaknesses not on that side of the ball, but if we had to uh, ultimately get a better package out of it, that third-down, like, oh, my God, he's in kind of player, Yes, exactly. I'm all about having that that pass catching type new era of 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 the this running back uh, evolved from just you know Herschel Walker just straight up running it Barry Sanders straight up running it to here we go Marshall Falk you know let's we need to if we need the best offense in the NFL which is a passing offense why does it, it makes absolutely sense to get that third down back right no exactly and obviously the Bills are not going to flip their script of like how they run the offensive side of the ball. They're not going to turn, they're not going to turn, we're not going to see week one, they're not going to be a ground and pound team because that would just obviously be complete opposite of what Josh Allen is. And obviously if you have Josh Allen, you're waste of money. It's a waste of money. Why would you do that? No. And I think the bills, if they wanted to go running back and I think running back is not a bad pick. 
my opinion, anywhere from third round to fifth round. And there's two guys that I love, and I have two both have third I have third round grades on them. James Cook from Georgia and Kyron Williams from Notre Dame. James Cook, if you guys watched the college football playoff, he was an absolute animal out of the backfield. And the cool thing about James Cook that is different from like the Isaiah Spillers of the world, the Brees Hall, the Kenneth Walker, is that he wasn't overused. He was in a two running back system for most of his career with Zamir White, who I also have a third round grade on. So they split carries. Taking a running back, and as we know, running backs kind of don't have a long shelf life in the NFL. It's six to eight years, and I might be generous on the six to eight years. Why would you want to take a guy out of college that has a lot of tread on those tires? There's no need. You take a guy that has split carries, that has a lot of explosiveness out of the backfield. And James Cook is my perfect Bills running back in the third round if they could, if they wanted to go that avenue because he's, he, he's not going to be an every down back. I think Singletary could be the two down back, first and second down. And then Cook is that third down back. You're taking a third round pick on him to be a vital a vital piece of your offense. And Brian, I agree. He comes onto the field. Defenses have to worry about him because then you just have add another element to that passing game that you probably really haven't had in the last couple of years. 100% dude. Uh, that was actually one of the, one of the one main guys that uh, I was looking at too. I was just thinking the same exact thing. He's by the way, Delvin cook's brother. So if he's yes. a fraction of what Delvin Cook could do, that is going to be an amazing asset to our team. And, you know, they use Delvin Cook. They, he get, they get their money's worth, and he gets hurt frequently. Here's James Cook, who doesn't get used frequently, but whenever he's, he's, he's like the college version of how Gabriel Davis is playing right now in terms of that potential. And just when he's called, he makes the plays. No, I agree, and I think – Obviously, Dalvin Cook has been injured, and we won't use James Cook. And the Bills won't use running backs like a lot of teams do, like a Derrick Henry, a Dalvin Cook, those type of teams that just ground and pound because their quarterbacks are had below, yeah, below average or average. And that's being nice, and that's being nice. Yeah, yeah. And I don't think the Bills ever wanted to get to that because I think that would obviously take away from Josh Allen. But I always thought the Bills should have a threat of a running game because I think you can't not be so one-dimensional when teams just can line up against you. Obviously, you have to have a threat in every running game. And I thought the second half, Devin Singletary was really good. And I thought he gave you that option. We just didn't have that guy out of the backfield. There was nobody out of the backfield. It was Matt Breeder for like a game or two. Zach Moss has been, I would say, a disappointment. Duke Johnson's not stopping you. And I think if the Bills wanted to go that offensive uh, third down running back in the draft and don't take him in the first round, if you wanted to go Brees Hall in the second round, I would probably get on board with it because you always get on board with it. There's nothing else you can do about it. Um, but third, fourth round, if you want to go fourth, I think you go get Jerome Ford from Cincinnati, Damian Pierce from Florida, Hassan Haskins from Michigan. I have a little like fifth round grades on those guys. So if you guys want to go, if you want to go deeper, those are the type of guys you can look at. But like a James Cook and a Kyron Williams would be the two options in my opinion. I'd be even willing to do your first two picks and then trade up. If he's still on the board after your second pick, trade up everything. Just get rid of every draft pick you have the rest of the day or the rest of the weekend to get James Cook. And then now we're just talking about what what we need. And uh, undrafted free agents step will, will step up, unfortunately. Because we won't be deep in certain positions, but I think that would be the way to go. Because uh, yeah. we, we definitely wouldn't need – I'd see him being a potential star. Yeah, and I agree. I think the Bills and the, the the cool thing about the Bills, and we can get in like the hard nose of like the actual what the Bills should do on the draft night. They're, they're not gonna every player they take on 
draft draft weekend, the three days of the draft. They're not going to be able to make the roster. There's not enough. This team's too good, and there's not enough roster spots. The Bills are not going to be like let's let's have a we, let's trust a young guy. They're going to choose the veteran because we're in a Super Bowl window here. We're not going to you're not going to go. You know what? We'll see what the sixth round pick works as our backup. Whatever. What, what teams that are not as good do because you know what? What's the point of playing a veteran if we're going to be have four wins? The Bills just want to have twelve to fourteen wins in the regular season and win the Super Bowl. So I don't think there's anybody. I don't think they're going to be able to sign every single pick. And I agree. I think. You take your first two picks. I, I think the Bills could move up in the first round or the second round or whatever, but we're not going to get down that rabbit hole, but move down the fir- after the first two rounds. And if James Cook's on the board, send the house. And obviously not go crazy, but I agree, Brian. Send the later picks. Send a future pick. Send a future third-round pick. Like if the Bills were like, you know what? We'll I'd be okay you, with that too. Yeah, we'll, we'll give you a third right now. We'll give you a fifth, and then we'll give you a third in the future. Who cares? Like if you if, – <laughs> If, if Brandon Bean, and I trust Brandon Bean because I think we should trust Brandon Bean. I think if James Cook's there, I think that adds another dimension, one another dimension to the Bills' offense. So I think, Brian, we both agree James Cook would be in the third or fourth round, and I hope he doesn't go in the second round because you know how the draft works. People predict You're, stuff, and it just goes completely opposite. Exactly. People a lot smarter than you and I combine, uh, who that is strictly what they do for, like, 15 hours a day uh they're they're, they're gonna make the right decisions whatever they decide to do in their teams retrospect but if he's available that's an absolute steal no i agree we're gonna move on towards the wide receiver side of the ball and this is a very very interesting topic because if you look at the the bills depth chart as i pull it up you have obviously stefan days you have gabriel davis those are the two boundary receivers then you have jameson crowder and isaiah mckenzie those are the two slot receivers. So those are the four receivers. Then the ne- then you drop down a step. You have Jake Kumaro, Marquez Stevenson, Isaiah Hodgins, and Tanner Gentry. The Bills, and I think people kind of miss this a little, are missing that third boundary receiver. They don't have a third boundary receiver. They have Crowder and McKenzie inside, and I think the Bills can work with that, and I like that. Obviously, you have Knox and O.J. Howard as the two tight ends. You have Diggs and Davis. Brian, the Bills are missing that third boundary receiver. Gimmick guy, that gimmick guy, right? Well, I mean, I, yeah, you have the Isaiah McKenzie, right? The third boundary. Yeah. So you, you like the the replace? You don't think we replaced Cole Cole Beasley? We did. We replaced him with Jamison Crowder. I yeah. think that was the director. I'm saying because Diggs. I'm saying out if the Bills wanted to spread it out, like go three wide instead of having James Jamison Crowder go out because he's a slot receiver you kind of have a third, another third receiver. Because you have, like last year, if you think about it, right, Brian, if you think about it, we had Cole Beasley in the slot with Isaiah McKenzie, right? Those are the yep. two slot guys, right? Yep. So obviously, Jameson Crowder is a direct replacement for Cole Beasley. Then on the outside, we had Emmanuel Sanders, Gabriel Davis, and Stefan Diggs. We don't have Emmanuel Sanders. We don't have that third receiver. Oh, that's what you meant. Dude, I'm a little slow, bro. A little slow. I would just, you know, that's why we don't talk X's and O's. Cause like you said, that's a lot of knowledge. I just learned something today listening to you, man. Okay. Well, <laughs> since you put it that way, uh, I don't, uh, for who we have right now to trust Jay Kumaro. That that's what I'm saying. Like there's, there's, no, there's not a third, there's not a third boundary receiver. And I, I don't know if this is missed on bills, like content creators or just bills reporters. Cause I don't think it is, but I think it's a topic that probably needs to be talked about. I think as a second 
probably second or third biggest need in the draft behind a corner and maybe another interior alignment. But the Bills don't have that third receiver because you obviously Crowder is a direct replacement for Beasley. I think we established that. Isaiah McKenzie is a slot guy, but he's more of a the gimmicky slot guy. Those two guys are going to excel, and I love that. But nobody's talked about it. Emmanuel Sanders is not on this team, and I don't think he's coming back. So I think we don't have that third boundary receiver. So that comes into conversation. Do the Bills want to take a receiver in the first round? I have six first-round grades on receivers. I have, This is no particular order, so don't come at me with, oh, you have this guy, this guy. No order. These are six guys that, that should be first-round picks, in my opinion. Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams, Drake London, Chris Olave, Traylon Burks, Jahan Dotson. All six of those guys can play on the outside. The Bills, one of those six, two of those probably six guys, even maybe three, will be there at 25. The Bills could go a, uh, a boundary receiver at 25. Brian, if the Bills wanted to go receiver at 25, I'm not saying you can you have to agree with it or not. I'm not saying they should. Who would you want the Bills to maybe look at, or a couple guys? Who's available? There are so many guys out there. Like this is this is probably the deep. If you think about it, the deepest and fastest wide receiving group that's coming out of college in a while that's you could arguably say that if you think about that there's just so many amazing options uh i mean you could say jameson williams who you you mentioned had a high grade uh well you know if he's available yes but if he isn't you're not going to lose because there's just so many different options out there but i'm all about jameson williams If, if he's available at 25 if we don't trade up I don't, that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough to think about it, but I would be all aboard getting him. But if, if but if they're going to pick him, then that means they're, uh, was it the, uh, who's that, uh, who's that guy over there? Uh, Drake London. I mean, yes. if you had to choose, you know, if he's available, one of those two are going to be available in, in the high, probably like 15 and on. They're going to be cho- picked between 15 and 25. So either we move up to get one of them and they're available, knowing that a team that's going to be up next needs a wide receiver that would be a good move too. just go up and get one of those guys. Cause they're going to make difference for you. No, I agree. And I think, well, do James Williams and Drake want to get to 25? Obviously we don't know. And the reports probably say not, but I agree. They're going to be in the middle of the team. So the bills could completely move up. The bills wanted to let's say they wanted to go corner or into our line or whatever position in the first round, they could move to the second round. And there's a handful of guys that I like. In the second round, you could go Christian Watson from South Dakota State. Sky Moore, you cannot go because he's a slot receiver. Well, I if you wanted to go the boundary route. George Pickens, Alec Pierce, and Wandell Robertson. I like Alec Pierce from Cincinnati. I have a second round. Um, great on him. But I also think you can have a lot of mock draft simulators, all that fun stuff. You can get him in the third round. That could be an option if the Bills didn't want to go first round receiver. But the Bills, are, I think the, in the first three rounds, I'm 90% confident that the Bills go a wide receiver. They just met with, I believe it was John Mechie. I'm going to pull up my notes because I have the Bills draft visit. So they do, they've met with one wide receiver in their top 30 visit. And that was John Mechie from Alabama. So he just, he's coming off an injury. I have a third round grade on him. He's an absolute burner along with Jameson Williams, who's I think a tad above, but a lot of people thought John Mechie without getting injured this past year, or maybe in the year before, a little bit of an injury history would be a first round pick. I have a third round grade on him just because you have that injury history. You can also go David Bell, who a lot from Purdue. I have a third round grade on him. A lot of people have, um, a lot of people had maybe two to three months ago, maybe around December, January, had first round grades on him. I dropped him back to the third round. He could be a guy you could go and you could, I don't think they go past third round if the Bills wanted to take a receiver, but I think the Bills should take a receiver. I think you need that third boundary guy. 
And I think I kind of explained it. I tried to explain it the best I can for our listeners that the third boundary guy is important because you don't have Emmanuel Sanders anymore. To, to add to that, just, you know, you read a lot of some awesome guys. That's how deep this, this class is, right, dude. Uh, but oh, if extremely I, deep. along the lines of what you just mentioned, cornerback round one, and we're up at, well, 56, number of pick number 56 mm-hmm. round two. And yeah. this guy I'm going to mention is available. We're drafting him. Tyquan Thornton. Think about it, dude. Number one, this guy is what top five 40 yard time in the, uh, in the draft right now. We had four, yeah. four, three, six. All right. Uh, guy is six, three, just enormous. I mean, Tyra, Tyra perspective, Tyree kill is five ten, who was in the fifth round pick, but he, he had a uh, 4.29 on the 40. Uh, diamond in the rough potential, a lot of potential, a lot of high ceiling quickness. Got to watch out for this guy. Watch his name. Tyquan Thornton from Baylor. Yeah. And I which, think what's his value according to Peter's uh, data on my scale? I have, I do like, I categorize it. I have a fourth to fifth round grade on him, but he's going to go higher than that. And he's going to go completely higher. And I could be wrong. I just see, and I think, I've grown on him because before the, I think before the combine, he was a little unheard of. And should you be drafted just based off your combine? Probably not. You should go back and watch the tape. And I would go back and watch the tape because he is much more than just, uh, actually, excuse me. I read this completely wrong. Okay. I have a third round grade on him. My God, my eyes just deceived me. Okay. Ah, so all right. Scratch. So scratch what I just said. Not a fourth or fifth round. Yeah. So do that to what I just said, but, if you go back and watch this tape, he's not just a burner. Like you see, like the John Ross. That's what's one thing that comes to my mind when we see like these guys have insane 40-yard dashes as receivers. The John Ross comes to my mind because John Ross was a complete bust. He could run fast, but he was a complete bust. Couldn't stay healthy and didn't have great hands. Watch Tyquan Thornton. Just go on YouTube, type Tyquan Thornton Felix. Not that hard. And you see he has legit hands and he has a very – very good skill set outside of the just just his speed. But imagine the digs with Davis with the speedster. That's what's very interesting, Ooh. Brian, about the Bills. And he's got hands. I, and he's yes, got he hands. hands. And he has hits. I and he's not gonna be asked. Like when John Ross was drafted, he was asked to do way too much. Like any receiver, and this goes for any receiver, is gonna get very good matchups because Davis and Diggs are going to get the one and two matchups, even Crowder, and then even Dawson Knox. Like, this guy that comes in, whatever round it is, whatever, if we pick a receiver, he's not going to be asked to do a ton. He's going to learn under Diggs, which is a great guy to learn under. And he's not going to get the one corner or the two corner. Might not even get the third corner. Like, that's how interesting it's going to be. You have one responsibility. Catch the ball. <laughs> catch the ball and run. And I think that what the Bills might be missing is a speedster over the top. Because Stefan Diggs, Great receiver. He's, he's when you think of some things, you don't think blazing speed. Gabriel Gabriel Davis is developing into a very good receiver. We saw his peak. That we saw what he could be in the divisional round against the Chiefs with that four touchdown game. Then we don't. He's not a speedster, Brian. Like we don't have that speedster. Isaiah McKenzie is, but he's not like a he's not a boundary receiver. He's not tall enough to be a boundary receiver, obviously. And then Jamison Crowder is the Cole Beasley replacement. We don't have that over the top speedster. That's why they met with John Mechie because, and they did it in their top 30 visit because John Mechie is that speedster that without the injuries would be a first round pick. Now, let me ask you now. So if the, 
the Chiefs and their success that they had with Tyreek Hill. How he is notably a probably one of the fastest receivers, arguably the fastest receiver in the NFL, and the success that they had. Now that here is 2022, we have a draft class that's arguably the fastest in uh, in history of a lot of offensive weapons are on that board. Just that top 10 alone, I think they own the top 40 yard dashes, right? Yeah. So if if we an alternate, if if we're not getting Tyquan Thornton. Uh, I think we should really risk that gamble with the Calvin Austin third. I want to hear your thoughts and compare the two because I, I know you definitely involved that. And everybody's been hearing Calvin Austin, Calvin Austin this, Calvin Austin that. What's your thoughts on that one, bud? Calvin Austin in general, I have a third round grade on Calvin Austin. I think he's explosive. He's 5'9", which is, is interesting because could he be that boundary receiver? No. Could he be a speedster? A hundred percent. And he's a four, three, two, 40 yard dash. Um, he, he's good. He has his strengths. He posted some of my notes back to back for thousand yard seasons. Um, he has speed and he, he's a speedster. That's what he is. He's a speedster that has production. And I have a third round grade on him. And I think I agree. He, he could be a, a, a great pick in the third or fourth round because he's not a huge value pick. And you just plug a guy that's going to have blazing speed. Like, you can't teach speed. You can work on his hands. You can work on his footwork, his route running. You can't change his speed. You can't teach speed. I think a speedster is a great option. I think Calvin Austin, I think he is. And I, you, if you go on NFL.com, his comparison, Isaiah McKenzie. Yeah. Which is a good thing and a bad thing. I think that's a good thing in the sense because I like Isaiah McKenzie. I think we could always use another Isaiah McKenzie. I think he's probably better than, or has obviously more potential than Isaiah McKenzie. Does that scare away the bills in the sense, do they want to go like what I said, a boundary receiver, right? another guy that has speed, but another guy that doesn't lack the height because like a John Mechie is six foot. Calvin Austin is five, nine. That's, that's where I see, I don't know if the bills want to go another small receiver or a super small receiver. Because they they already had that covered with Crowder, that, yeah, that, Crowder that was Beasley. Beasley was a small guy that was just yeah, Crow- and McKenzie, and McKenzie. And so well, McKenzie's the, the backup for yeah. I'd, I'd say I see Crowder starting over McKenzie. I'm yeah. sorry. No, I agree. I think the thing with Crow- I think the good thing with McKenzie Crowder is that Crowder does something different than McKenzie does, and McKenzie does something different that Crowder do. They both don't do the same thing, so it's cool because. It's not like we have Crowder and McKenzie, and they're just, and if you look them top to bottom, they're the same exact player. They're totally two different things. And I think Isaiah McKenzie's going to have a package of plays, Brian, of jet sweeps, taking the ball out of the backfield, design plays where we just get McKenzie in space and let him run. Jamison Crowder is that guy that's going to get in space, seven yards out, seven yards in. It's going to sit, catch it, and do what Beasley did. Yes. Oh, oh. <laughs> and everybody um, eats yes everyone eats and i think if you're a receiver why wouldn't you want josh allen uh hurting your hands every sunday <laughs> because that's what he does i've always thought about what would be like to we're going to train here what would be like to catch a ball from josh allen i think i would break over under brian would go over under how many fingers would you break if josh allen threw it as hard as he could fingers maybe- i'm gonna lose both arms cut it out if i have to try to catch one of those things could you catch a 60 yard deep ball from josh allen you think 
if if Josh Allen was throwing to me, I would sacrifice my body to catch that ball. Yeah. <laughs> and that way yeah. I can say, I once caught a ball from Josh Allen, baby. Yeah. The pressure would be to drop. That would be unreal because he would just be, everyone would be watching. You'd be like, okay, here comes a 70 yard bomb from Josh Allen and it's going to break everything in my body. But you know what? If I catch it, eh, it's a cool story. I would make sure I caught it. I, if I had to take my shirt off just to use it as a net because I know I don't have good hands, <laughs> even though it might like burn <laughs> through the shirt, but yeah. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. Let's leave it at that. Yeah. <laughs> to conclude the wide receivers, Brian, I want to ask you if the Bills went the wide receiver route and you had to choose the perfect, not the player, the perfect round that you would think be, I think, the most, uh, what's the word, most uh, value, that's the word, most value for the Bills to take a receiver in this draft, what round would you say? It's that deep, but you could, you could almost, you could almost say third, you could really just say third. That's going to have the, the biggest value. Uh, if, if you think about it, I mean, just look at this list of just how fast these guys are. I mean, Google 40 yard dash times. I mean, there's, there's a list of, I mean, you just go on and then look at the list from years before keep doing that. Somebody who's analytical. I want to see this stat on how it's just increasing by the bulk, the mean average of you know 20 runners each year after year guys are getting better guys are getting quicker yeah and i agree and i think that third no and the bills could be look the bills could be super greedy and just say you know what we're super deep we trust our uh we trust our draft process and our scouting department to take a corner in the second round obviously we're not gonna talk about defense tonight but i think that would be the first round pick the bills in my opinion if that would be my number one pick the bills could be greedy you know what you know, Brian, these six receivers I have, let's, let's Drake London's there. Jamison Williams, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Traylon Burks. You know what? Screw it. Let's just take them. Let's just move on and let's just take them and let's just absolutely just annihilate people on offense because that's what it would be if the Bills wanted to go a receiver in the first round because those one of those guys, those guys are studs. Obviously, not all of them are going to pan out. That's the beauty of the draft. There's going to be a ton of hit and misses. But I trust the Bills enough to get a hit at this point, especially with Josh Allen throwing the ball. He's going to have opportunities to catch the ball, obviously. And I think the Bills, if they wanted to go first-round receiver, I'm not against it. That's my second option in the first round. And honestly, I think corner would be my number one option. You could talk me into interior O-line, but I would love to take an interior line in the second, third round. And we're going to get into that offensive lineman in about a second to wrap up the episode. But receiver would be, a, it'd be it'd be a cool option, Brian. Do you agree? Yeah, I it, it would it would be like okay, I see what they're doing. They need to score, outscore their opponents. They're no longer having faith in their defense. No good. How how statistically you are, uh, how good you guys are, your unit is throughout the year. We still are gonna go buy off of the offensive weapons that we have, knowing that there's got gonna be one person to stop us. I'd be okay with that. Yeah. And I, I think the cornerback, I think this, in my opinion, the second deepest uh, position group in the draft is corner. So I think the bills would, I would love to go, whatever they, if they, if they go receiver or corner in the first round, whatever they don't do, they do the second in the second round. That's what I think the bills should do. I think, I think honestly, corner first round wide receiver second, but if it's flipped, that's awesome because I don't want to start listing up cornerbacks. because obviously we're talking about offense. Win-win, but right? I, it's a win-win. But I've, I have doing the math here. I have seven first round cornerback grades and four second round cornerback grades. That's 11 guys 
All those guys are not going to go there. That's 11 guys in the first two rounds that I have grades on. Obviously, there's a couple, obviously, not all going to hit and everything, and obviously, they're not all that good, but that's the beauty of the draft. And I trust the Bills enough to develop that secondary. So if the Bills wanted to go receive, the Bills could go receiver. If the two position groups that are the deepest in the draft are cornerback and receiver, and those are our two biggest needs, that doesn't, that makes, that makes me excited. Like that's just, just makes me go crazy just thinking how deep those two positions are and that the Bills two biggest needs are those two guys are those two positions. You know, just to add to that, you know what the third, I would say deepest position. How about that safety class? Just the whole defensive, uh, uh, defensive quarterback positions are, are, are number two. Well, that safety class is pretty deep too. Yeah. There's just a lot of just big, fast guys who are probably former wide receivers who are like, I'd rather just hit people, you know? No, I agree. And I think this, yeah, the safety, that's totally a fourth or a fifth round pick right there, a safety. And I would not put it past the Bills for doing that. Brian, we're gonna wrap up the episode with the interior O line. We're gonna get we're gonna we're going big boys to end the episode because oh, oh, oh. the Bills have they're interesting on the I would say interior line right now on the interior line. Obviously, you have Dawkins at left tackle, Spencer Brown at right tackle, center Mitch Morse, Roger Saffold, who they brought in from Tennessee to be the left guard, and then you have Ryan Bates to be the right guard. But after that, it gets it scares me just a tad because there's injuries, Brian. That's just how football is. It's a physical yeah. freaking sport. And they're Cody playing Ford, the probably the most, right? Yes. Yeah. Do I really want to roll out Cody Ford as a, my third guard? Well, no. someone gets injured as, or as obviously people need rest. Do I really want that? <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't think you want that. I don't want that because that's going to scare me. I just vomit in my out. mouth. You, 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 you saying that I vomit in my mouth. Thank that's you. how Cody Ford makes us feel that Brian has to vomit in his mouth, guys. That's just bad. But if the bills wanted to go interior line, this would be my, this is my third most important position group that, or the third biggest need in my opinion for the bills. You could go a Zion Johnson. He would be a left guard, right guard. I think you want these guys you can uh, flip back and forth. I have three first round grades on interior alignment. So a right guard, a left guard, and one of them is a center. So Kenyon Greed from AM, Zion Johnson from BC. Both of those are guards. And then Tyler Winderbaum is a center who they can move to guard. There's no point of why would you take the guy out of his best position and move him to guard? That just doesn't make any sense. So I would cross that off the list. Then I have three guys that go in the second round. Um, and there's a lot of third round grades I have guys that could obviously flip up to the second round. But in the second round, Jameer Slayer, who from Georgia, who's my guy I would love for the Bills to take. Dylan Parham and then Darian Kinyard. We don't have to go through the list of prospects, Brian, but what are your thoughts on the Bills taking a guard in the first three rounds? I am 100% behind that one because I agree with you. Uh, I, I did vomit in my mouth when you said Cody Ford was a potential backup to somebody. Uh, right no, now, is, yeah. No. I think if, <laughs> if if we really want to protect our biggest asset, which is Josh Allen, uh, yeah, it's good to have weapons, but we already have weapons. We've got so many weapons, and if that's you know Brandon Bean and McDermott's, you know, if we want to win multiple Super Bowls, that's how you do it. You give this time some, uh, give this guy some time to shine. Josh Allen is going to. We're going to have a golden statue outside of Rich Stadium or whatever they call it now. Highmark Stadium. Uh, Highmark. There we go. And uh, <laughs> offensive tackle or, well, guard, off, offensive guard would be a good backup plan. And getting even a guy who is a tackle, like you mentioned, and shift over. Uh, you mentioned Darian Kinnard. I, I think, you know, go to Oklahoma or uh, University of Kentucky. 
Uh, I don't know if you ever travel out there. Those are some cornbread guys. And he, he, we need that. Look at Spencer Brown. He's a corn, yeah, cornbread I guy. Was, I was he, about to say that. I'll take another Spencer Brown. Gee, I'm okay with that. Spencer well, Brown I'm, would, uh, I'm on Kinnard all the way. If he's available at 25, if we don't move up. Or would you move up to somebody else? Well, what's his grade? Which, uh, according to the Peter scale? If you wanted to go first round, it's either Zion Johnson or Kenyon Green. Those are the two first round guys. But my guy, my favorite guy is Jameer Slayer from Georgia. And I feel like at this point, if you just pick Georgia players every single round and Alabama players, I feel like they're going to be pretty good. Like, except for quarterback. Georgia, except for quarterback. Except for quarterback. But Georgia interior, like Georgia, Georgia has some big boys up front. Like that defensive line for Georgia and that offensive line are just some big guys. So if the Bills wanted to go Jameer Slayer or Sailor, I think that's his name in the second round, that would be awesome. Brian, I'm going to tell you something, and I think you know this, but I feel like some Bills fans don't want to talk about it. Ryder Saffold was on a one-year contract. People don't understand, don't always like think about that. He's on a one-year it, it, contract. It does, it does make a difference mentality if we were thinking outside the box but i think if we're thinking the this year he's a huge yeah. absolute huge pick no but, i'm not saying i'm not saying he's not going to start or he's going to be great this year but he's not the long term right he, he might have some internal issues that carried over from the other season there's a reason why yeah. teams move on from you yeah and he's 32 Other, wasn't good fit wasn't you know you could have done stuff like you just you know is he dirty i don't know all I know is he's protecting Josh Allen. That's his only responsibility right now. He's and 33. Take my fan boy mentality out of it. That's all I that's all I really worried about. It's make sure that you protect Josh Allen. And I think if the and I think this would be something that I would love. If the Bills rolled out these first three picks, I'm not giving players, but these positions, it would be awesome. You go corner round one, you go wide receiver round two, and then in the third round, Brian, you can take that offensive lineman and you don't have to throw them in right away. The bills are good enough where one of these picks are not going to play right away. You don't have to throw the kid in and be like, you know what? You're playing day one. Like a lot of these teams do. And then they ruin these kids. You don't have to do that with this offensive lineman. And we know that offensive linemen take a little while to develop. Spencer Brown was great last year. Obviously his things are proven, but he's uh, there's an offensive lineman. Don't just like show up and they're like, finished products those are guys take a long time to develop those are big guys the bills brian one third round offensive lineman he could play he could be that third offensive lineman because injuries happen rest all that fun stuff but he's not asked he's not coming to training camp you're, you're not the starter you don't have to have that pressure you can develop at your own pace and then in year two bring back Saffold if you want if not if this guy is really good then we have our guard for the next 10 years how good does that sound and don't forget, just to add another thing to that little beauty, uh, look who our, our new offensive coordinator, our offensive line coordinator is, Aaron Cromer. I mean, the, the, I it, you could arguably say he uh, he was a head coach interim at one time with New Orleans after the whole Bounty Gate, but we have him as a offensive line coach. Like, not only is our team deep, but our coaching staff, absolute deepness. And... That kind of is like, we need that guy to elevate these guys. So if if, the, if something is first round uh, or, or what, what do you mention is an offensive guard, what a th uh, second, third or whatever, uh, offensive yeah, third guard, uh, third round, get offensive guard. Well, he's going to be the next Spencer Brown who's going to start right away with Aaron exactly. Cromer. Yeah. And well, 
the Bills could do a lot of things. I know we touched on a lot of the offensive prospects, some running backs, some wide receivers, some interior line. The Bills tight end could be an option late in the draft. I don't, I don't see them taking a tight end high. That'd be very interesting. Obviously next week on the, another edition of the Buffalo Blitz podcast, we'll be diving into the defensive side of the ball. So if you guys want to check that out, uh, look for that next Friday. Um, but we talked about a lot of interior alignment, Brian, because I'm, I'm probably not going to talk to you before or get you on a podcast before the draft. Obviously, are we still doing the draft show? I just want to before, and I got another question for you. Are we still planning on doing the draft show? My brother, that show is not going anywhere. We are doing the complete show starting at 730 on the uh, on the Bill and Buffalo Network. We're going to be uh, hosting the show, Tampa Neal and myself, Breaking Tables podcast. Uh, we're gonna get uh, we're gonna have everybody. It's gonna be a full boat. We only get ten at a time, but it's gonna be a full boat. We're gonna have a lineup ready. Uh, we're gonna have viewers from the draft tune in. We're gonna have uh, just it's gonna be an epic time. And we're obviously Peter's gonna come on 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 board as always uh, and give us his wisdom because uh, he's just gonna teach people. That's just why you need to listen to Peter. Thank you, Brian. I, I'm excited for the episode. I'm excited for the episode. I'm gonna ask you one final question. If you stay on the offensive side of the ball, running back, wide receiver, tight end, interior line, draft. If you, if the Bills walked away with this one prospect, it doesn't matter what else they do in the draft, this one offensive prospect from the draft on Sunday morning, you wake up, you're like, I feel good because we drafted this guy. What is that one guy on the offensive side of the ball? <sighs> and I'll put, I'm putting you, I'm putting you on the spot because you put me on the spot when you're on my show. So we got, we got to flip the, we got to flip the narrative. I uh, know I deepers. Oh shit. Um, so you're saying at 25 without holding back, no, right? It doesn't, it doesn't matter. 20. It could be anywhere. If the bills walked away with this guy and you're like, awesome. difficult because they're just, I just, these defensive guys that, you know, it's, There's it's a lot it's, of good defensive guys. I just really think it's going to be a, all right. Hypothetically in Peter's world round one, we have a pick and we choose a offensive player. And if, if that offensive player was on our team, would I be ecstatic? Um, that's that is just such a difficult question because, be, be just because it doesn't we, have to be round one. It doesn't so have to be round deep. one. It could be any round. You could just do your favorite offensive prospect. That's probably okay. basically how I should have worded the question. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, I I I. You got to go with James Cook. I'd be happy with James Cook. Like I, I, I need to see him in a Bills gear. I, I'm Team James Cook. Your Team James Cook. If, if he's if he's available at number two, and you go cornerback number one, uh, there's no one else in the wide. Tyreek, uh, uh, the uh, sorry, Tyquan Thornton is not available at round two, or the other prospects for wide receivers. Then you're going James Cook round two. So that that'd be my guy. That's your guy. I can I can get on board with that. If I had to go one guy, I love Jahan Dotson, the wide receiver from Penn State. That's the one offensive prospect um, I would walk away with. I think he could play. Even think about Jahan Dotson. I talked about this with Dave last week. He could play inside and outside. And if you watch Brian, I ask you go when you, next time you're five minutes. Watch Jahan Dotson. I, I do. Boy, he he has the best hands in the. Oh, in, it's unreal! Like the, he cannot drop a ball. This guy has wow. amazing hands. Well, if he's at 25, I, this is why we can't, why I don't oh. want to be a GM. Because yeah, I, would be I like, know it's so hard, like, right? Like, Jah- I love Jahan Dotson, but I love this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy, this guy. And I'm like, okay, 
flip a coin. Time to flip a coin. Uh, nah, obviously, he doesn't flip a coin. He has a board, Brandon Bean and staff, and they do a ton of work, and they probably have different grades than all of us. But Jahan Dotson has speed. He has hands. He has jump ball. What else can we ask from a receiver? He comes in, and he's going to be there at 25. I'm 90% sure he's going to be there at 25 because I don't think people has, have him as high as, like, Drake London, Chris Olave, Wilson, and Williams. And I think he's, like, in that second tier first round kind of guy for most people. What Or this is what I read. And that's the fun thing. Um, when we on That show is going to be awesome, Brian, because, you know, like all the Mel Kuyper, the Todd McShay mock drafts, we're going to be like some guys, gonna, some guys going in the top 10, right? And we're all going to look at each other and be like, what the heck just happened? Like when the Raiders, was it four or five years ago, took Clennon Farrell, like third overall, and you're just like, what? That the, makes no the, sense. And he was the a bust. Best is, the best is when the Bears, like, they move up one and give up their entire draft picks just to move <laughs> yes. up one spot to a team who wasn't even picking a quarterback. Idiots. Yeah, and I, and I love Mitchell Trubisky because he was – I liked him as a backup, but they moved up one spot for the wrong quarterback or the wrong two quarterbacks. Obviously, we don't have to get into the Sean Watson thing, but Sean Watson's better than Mitchell Trubisky, and so is Patrick Mahomes. Like, if you yeah. moved up and gave up a shit ton of picks for Patrick Mahomes, nobody's going to be like – idiot and you're gonna be like i have a top three quarterback in the nfl yeah not exactly. if you move up one spot to a, yeah that team that wasn't taking a quarterback and then like oh let's take mitchell trubisky and i love mitchell because i think i liked him in buffalo last year but he's not patrick Mahomes. like obviously we're not he's, he's not worth what they gave up so yeah you're, we're all gonna be looking at each other be like wow well that was stupid and it's gonna and come gonna to us like, it's going to come to us and the Buffalo Bills. This is what separates the, uh, please don't get canceled cultured here. The men from the boys. Okay. We got Brandon Bean. It's good. We're going to be like brilliant, brilliant to do a golfer's clap. Brilliant. Brandon Bean. Oh, yeah. Brilliant. Oh, one final thing. I don't know. I'll, before we wrap up the episode, then guys, I appreciate you guys checking in the Buffalo Bills podcast. We broke down a lot of offensive prospects and we gave you our thoughts on what the Bills should do offensive around. Don't you love when you watch the draft? And then obviously the on ESPN and you have like, you go to the draft has certain sections of fans, like the Bills fans, the Bears, the Browns, the Cowboys, whatever. And then they take the guy and you see everybody clapping and you know, deep down, those guys have no idea who, who they just picked and what position he plays or why they're clapping. Do you get the same feeling? Cause I get that feeling. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I think it's all fake. It's all fake. All those fans are fake. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, wait, wait till you see the Bills Mafia. It all started, I think, with Ezra. It had we really got focused at Bills. Wow, Bills Mafia is there. Then, it, oh shit, Ezra's gonna go up on stage, and you know, it's just <laughs> like that is a place to be as a fan. You know, is the yeah, draft. I would, uh, I would love all, to go to the draft. All fake. Everyone else is fake. Sorry, fake fans. You can barely fill your own stadium and go there on time. Uh, if if you ever tell me that Bills Mafia <laughs> fans are, are are under you, get out of here. You think I could bring like my spreadsheet with all like my big board into the draft? You think they would let me in or no? With like my computer and all my notes, or would that just be like a, a no go for them? Because I wouldn't be I wouldn't be the guy clapping for some guy they took out of North Dakota State in, a, in the fourth round that nobody has any idea who he is. No idea, no idea. Unless you Google him, her Google him. Uh, yeah, you know, unlike yourself who do the, does the research, uh, it's I think it, it it definitely turned into more of just a random blue collared fan. You know, whether what what team you're in. Uh, versus it used to be all analytical. It used to be like the the, the nerds who'd watch it, but now it's just like, oh my god, I'm so into my fan uh, or to, into my team. I I'm, I need to watch the draft, and it, it kind of that reach kind of. Went to different uh, prospects, whether they're analytical or just the blue colored, and it's awesome, man. No, I, I, 
completely agree. Brian, one last time, where can everyone that's listening to this podcast find you? Uh, yeah, guys, uh, you guys can find us breaking tables podcast uh, on Facebook, always on the built in uh, Buffalo network. So you can always find us there. Uh, we also have uh, we're on Facebook. Uh, we're on Twitter at a bills podcast. It was available. We took it. That's the at sign a bills podcast on Twitter. Uh, we, we stream live to your eye holes every Mondays and Thursdays at 730 sharp. And uh, we go for about an hour. Sometimes hour and 15, but it's definitely 60 minutes of high octane energy of funness. And then, uh, you know, when you're driving home or you're sitting around your house and you miss the live show, just say, hey, Alexa, play Breaking Tables podcast. And uh, there we are in your, your ear holes. So uh, this is awesome. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, I cannot wait for the draft to see what these uh, what are kind of Nostradamus predictions come up with so thank you peter appreciate you having me on i appreciate you coming on guys if you guys check out mondays and thursdays on the built in buffalo network facebook youtube all that fun stuff on twitter as well 7 30 to usually 8 30 like brian said breaking tables mondays and thursdays you're gonna have it's gonna be a fun 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 hour but i appreciate you guys check coming in and listening this is obviously a friday edition of the buffalo blitz podcast Friday at 2 o'clock, it drops on YouTube. In the morning, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So if you're on your way to work, check us out for all the breakdown of everything. They, everything bills. Once again, this was the Buffalo Butts Podcast, and I'm your host, Peter DiBiase. Hope you guys have a good weekend, and I will see you next Friday.